you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show coming up with Gavin Walker. Thank you. 
Wow, summertime is here, isn't it? Woo! Isn't that great? We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And uh, we have uh, quite a show for you this evening. We're actually going to open the show uh, with a fairly um, lengthy tribute to one of the great bass players in the history of jazz music, and I'm talking about Charlie Hayden. And uh, Charlie passed away just a few days ago after a long illness. He was 77 years old, and of course he was one of the mainstays of the bass. He was a a musician who uh, uh, transcended styles. Um, He played um, with, of course, came to fame with uh, Ornette Coleman's uh, revolutionary quartet in the... uh, late 50s, early 60s, and of course went on to uh, perform with uh, Keith Jarrett and just tons of other people. Charlie Hayden was a phenomenal musician. I'll I'll give you a little more of of his history um, as the show progresses, but uh, we are going to pay a tribute, and that'll be the first music you hear will be the music of... um, Charlie Hayden, and a band that came to Vancouver, actually a couple of times, but this was the first edition of of, a band called the Quartet West, and uh, we're going to open the show with that, but we would like to tell you about um, our jazz feature this evening. First of all, I'd just like to tell you that this is the jazz show. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, our jazz feature tonight which uh, will start uh, shortly, very shortly after 11 o'clock. This is the latter part of our program. is a wonderful album called Contemporary Concepts, and it's by the Stan Kenton Orchestra and one of the finest editions. Now, Kenton was a band leader from 1941 right through to his, his death. He was like, um, well, I, I think of men like, um, Count Basie, Woody Herman, Duke Ellington, and Stan Kenton being exceptional human beings. Very, very rare breed. And these four men actually survived the crash of the big band era, which ended, uh, well, its demise was starting to happen after the Second World War. And, of course, uh, it gradually went downhill after that because the, the ballrooms were closing. Uh, people were seeking other forms of entertainment. Television was becoming a reality. Um, movies, uh, home entertainment, uh, recordings, uh, more sophisticated ways of listening to music, this sort of thing. And, and um, people's tastes changed, of course. Um, in music, uh, because music is always evolving. And uh, the big band era sort of came to a crashing halt uh, in the early 50s. And there was a few uh, bands that did sort of carry on, but it was never the same. But Woody Herman, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, and Stan Kenton somehow survived all of that and kept a band on the road. These men lived on the road, um, and they never retired. They, they were out there making music right up to their demise. And um, it, they were just amazing uh, people who could keep um, 
a band of uh, temperamental, egotistical, sometimes very selfish um, musicians. Uh, and, and of course, very giving too. I, I mean, musicians come in all shapes and sizes, but you know, personalities manage to control these uh, often polar opposite personalities, uh, and, and of course, deal with all the logistics of leading a big band, um, dealing with booking agents, uh, how to get from one place to another, uh, paying for the band bus, getting all those kind of uniforms, uh, arrangements, keeping the band fresh, keeping the music fresh, uh, so that the musicians involved uh, maintained their interest and, 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 and didn't quit out of boredom or anything. So th th these men were really, really exceptional people uh, that were able to keep all of this stuff together, and Kenton was, was one of them. He was always open to new things. Um, his his uh, music went from uh, the furthest outs in the stratosphere, um, um, a recording called City of Glass, which is still um, incredibly avant-garde, to, uh, to even um, kind of ridiculous concepts. Uh, Stan did a, a recording with uh, one of the great country and western stars, Tex Ritter, uh, and he did all kinds of things in between. And of course, uh, um, different editions had different positive uh, results in, in, in Kenton's band, as in, as in all bands. Uh, certain editions of Woody Herman's band were, were greater than others. Ellington's band was pretty consistent, and so was Basie's band. But uh, the Kenton band changed a lot. And uh, our jazz feature tonight is, is one of the great editions of the Stan Kenton band. Stan was never know, known for uh, having a swing big band, but this one did, uh, the one we're going to play this evening. And the arrangements are great. The rhythm section is great. It's full of uh, all kinds of marvelous people that most jazz fans know. And the unity in this edition is, is really wonderful. And um, most Stan Kenton fans, and even people that don't know or are not huge Stan Kenton fans, will agree that this album, Contemporary Concepts, was one of his best. And um, a treasured album. I had a good friend of mine that hated Kenton's music. Uh, it was too loud and brassy and, and uh, uh, you know, didn't have that bounce and swing that other bands had. Uh, but uh, he always uh, told me that Contemporary Concepts was right out of this world. And he said that was the first and last Stan Kenton record I ever owned. But he, I loved it every note. <laughs> so there you go. So that's our jazz feature tonight, this wonderful album, Contemporary Concepts. I'll, I'll elaborate a little more as we approach the jazz feature. But I would like to begin our tribute to the great bassist Charlie Hayden as I mentioned, by playing uh, a piece of music by his wonderful band called the Quartet West. And we had the privilege of hearing this band uh, with uh, one change in personnel um, twice in Vancouver as part of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. This is led by the great bassist. Um, on tenor saxophone is a wonderful musician who has been here many times, one of the great virtuosos of the tenor saxophone. As a matter of fact, he's the favorite jazz saxophonist of a friend of mine, um, 
by the name of Gunter Klaus, who is a, a, a very fine blues and R&B um, saxophonist. And this guy is Gunter's favorite jazz saxophonist. And I'm talking about Ernie Watts. So he's on the saxophone here. The pianist is the wonderful Alan Broadbent. And what a great pianist he is. And on drums, uh, the first drummer in Charlie Hayden's Quartet West was the legendary Lawrence Marable. And later on, when Lawrence's health um, kind of broke down, uh, he was replaced by a very fine drummer by the name of Rodney Green. But uh, we're going to hear this, the original um, edition of the Quartet West on a couple of tunes. We're going to open with my favorite tune uh, of this whole album. Um, the album is actually called Haunted Heart. Uh, because uh, that's one of the uh, one of the songs, but this is uh, uh, a composition by pianist Alan Broadbent, and uh, we're going to hear maybe two selections, maybe three from this album because it is one of the quartet's West's best albums. So the f- this first tune is, as I said, my favorite track. It's called "The Long Goodbye." And we'll follow that with uh, something else. But once again, Charlie Hayden on bass, Ernie Watts on tenor saxophone, Alan Broadbent on piano, and Lawrence Marable on drums. Our tribute to bassist Charlie Hayden. Thank you. 
Three tones by the Quartet West, three different moods, and we heard, of course, uh, Charlie Hayden on bass, who was the leader, the great Barry Watts on tenor saxophone, and Alan Broadbent on piano, and Lawrence Marable on drums. And the three tunes we heard, we opened with uh, a beautiful thing, as I said, my favorite track of the album, Alan Broadbent's uh, composition called the long goodbye. Then we followed that with a Bud Powell original, and uh, Charlie Hayden said this was one of his most favorite uh, uh, tunes from the early modern jazz era, and uh, it was Bud Powell's composition called Dance of the Infidels. Then the final tune was a um, composition by Charlie Parker, which is rarely played because it, um, well, it's hard. <laughs> But these guys, of course, are, are great musicians. And the tune was called Segment by Charlie Parker. And that was the uh, final uh, selection in our uh, trio of selections, uh, opening our tribute to the great Charlie Hayden. Just to give you a little bit of um, background on Charlie, he, he was uh, uh, born in Shenandoah, Iowa, and at age Two, he was singing with his um, family, who had, uh, they were a country and western people, and uh, they had a band called the, uh, the Hayden Family Orchestra, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, young Charlie was, uh, was a big part of that. Um, unfortunately, uh, he lost control uh, of his voice uh, because he caught polio, uh, and it affected his throat and facial muscles. And so he was able, unable to control his pitch while singing, and he had to give that up. And then he, uh, as a teenager, he became interested in jazz. He heard um, some music on, on radio stations, especially late at night. Um, that's kind of how I uh, got into jazz music. There was so much out there, and if you just knew where to go on the radio, you could find it. Uh, every place, uh, including live performances from clubs and all this kind of stuff. It was, it was great. Anyway, Charlie discovered uh, jazz music on the radio, and also uh, an older brother um, had started to play bass, and Charlie got interested in that instrument and uh, went from there and, of course, um, left uh, Iowa and headed for uh, Los Angeles, and, of course, uh, he moved there in 1957, uh, looking for some musicians to uh, um, play with. He actually turned down a music scholarship at the very prestigious Oberlin because uh, they didn't have an established jazz program at the time, and this is what he wanted to do. But there was a college in Los Angeles called the Westlake College of Music, and I know a lot of people that went there in the early days uh, because they had a great jazz program. And um, so that's where Hayden headed for. And, of course, uh, he soon became uh, um, associated with such musicians as Paul Blay. Uh, he played with Art Pepper, um, played with the great Hampton Hawes, and began to play with a young man, an iconoclast, 
Ornette Coleman, who was playing a whole different, uh, although Ornette was playing the alto saxophone, he was playing some very, very different music. And of course, um, Charlie became one of Ornette Coleman's inner circle of musicians. Um, Ornette formed a, a group of people around himself uh, that were supporters of what he was trying to do, although the establishment musicians um, used to kick Ornette Coleman and, and his confers off the bandstand all the time because uh, they maintained that uh, these guys couldn't play. And, of course, uh, Ornette Coleman's uh, music has always been controversial, but that was how Charlie Hayden... Um, he began recording and, and working with Ornette Coleman, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, that's how people got to know um, Charlie Hayden. And his way of playing the bass, one of the things that Charlie was not was uh, a fast, slick bass player. Charlie concentrated on sound and choice of notes, and his solos were, were really very simple. But sometimes simplicity is the hardest thing to do, and do it well. Miles Davis made an art out of playing very simply, and I defy anyone to try and play like Miles Davis. No one can so far, and I don't think anyone will. So simplicity is one of the hardest things to achieve, and simplicity with profundity is something that Charlie Hayden uh, was. And of course, he was perfectly suited to the openness of Ornette Coleman's music. There were a lot of things that Ornette Coleman's music um, kind of threw away. And that's why it sounded so foreign to a lot of people. And that's why it created a lot of hostility. Eventually, Charlie went to New York with Ornette Coleman and um, uh, became involved uh, in his music until uh, his own personal problems kind of. Uh, caught up with him. Charlie got, had got into drugs by this time, and he had to leave uh, Ornette Coleman's band and uh, headed back to the West Coast for um, several long years of rehabilitation at uh, an institution in San Francisco. But that's a whole other story. This is, uh, we're going to hear some Charlie Hayden with Ornette Coleman, and this is one of my favorite Ornette Coleman pieces. Just uh, before we uh, get into this, I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to listen to Ornette Coleman. This is his original quartet with Billy Higgins on drums, Don Cherry on trumpet, Ornette Coleman on alto saxophone, and Charlie Hayden on bass. And uh, the first time I ever heard this, I, I went absolutely nuts when I heard this. I just fell in love with this piece of music. And it's, it's an Ornette Coleman composition. features a great bass solo by Charlie Hayden, great solos by everybody. It's basically a blues, but it's very different. And it's very free and very open. It's called Ramblin' Ornette Coleman.
Ooh, Charlie Hayden can sure lay it down, certainly down those bass lines. That's the music that shook up uh, the whole jazz scene in America and um, divided uh, musicians. Um, <laughs> I always think of the modern jazz quartet, right? One of the most conservative and musical jazz groups um, that you can think of. Um, and their delicate balance of music. Ornette Coleman's music divided the modern jazz quartet. Milt Jackson <laughs> and drummer Connie Kay hated Ornette Coleman's music. Milt Jackson actually came out and said that if people start playing like the way he does, that's the end of it. Um, it's just going to open the door to all kinds of jive meisters. Uh, people that don't know how to play, if they think that that's playing. On the other hand, John Lewis and Percy Heath, um, especially John Lewis, one of the most um, conservative and um, legitimate uh, um, and performers and musicians, uh, who was highly trained and, and highly sophisticated uh, musician and person, was totally in love with Ornette Coleman's music uh, and, and proclaimed Ornette to be one of the um, great innovators of jazz music and uh, put him on the same level as Charlie Parker. Percy Heath, the bassist, was very open he, he didn't come out and, 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 and praise Ornette uh, the way John Lewis did, but he certainly uh, enjoyed playing. He used to sit in with Ornette's band all the time, and they loved having Percy Heath come down and join them because he was uh, so into uh, playing their more open music. Now, when you listen to Ornette's early music now, uh, it hardly sounds radical, but it certainly did to uh, the ears. And I remember uh, I was, when I first heard it, of course I heard him here in Vancouver when he came, and he divided everyone here. He, Ornette Coleman uh, played his first out-of-town gig here in Vancouver, which is a historical fact, um, and uh, at the original cellar down on Watson Street. Um, and... Of course, it divided Vancouver's musical community. Uh, people were, just thought he was totally jive, sincere, but jive. And, um, um, and other people said, you know, this guy's really got something. So it, he, he, and of course, Ornette Coleman is still controversial today. Now he's in uh, failing health. He's in his 80s, and uh, <laughs> he, still, he still has this kind of... Uh, thing happening. Anyway, that was Ornette Coleman's first quartet, and uh, that's the quartet that uh, was put on the jazz map. They, they went to New York and, of course, opened up at a place called The Five Spot, and every musician in town came to hear them, uh, from Mingus to Miles to Thelonious Monk. Uh, Leonard Bernstein, of all people, jumped up on the stage after Ornette's set and embraced and, and, and gave him a huge kiss on the cheek and said, you are the new Messiah. And uh, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, the music was, had this kind of reaction. And, of course, as I said, the other, the other uh, was either positive or negative. But, you know, to our ears today, it's, it doesn't sound radical at all. Uh, at least I don't think so. And I love the way Ornette Coleman plays. 
um, he just takes the saxophone and makes it sound so so human. The, the, the cry comes from deep within, and he's a great, great blues player. So we heard Ornette Coleman on alto saxophone, his partner, Don Cherry, on trumpet, and um, on the first two tunes, Billy Higgins on drums, and on the last tune that we heard, uh, New Orleans great Eddie Blackwell was the drummer. And, of course, the bassist on all three was the gentleman we're paying tribute to right now, Charlie Hayden. As I mentioned before, Charles Edward Hayden was born in Shenandoah, Iowa, August 6th, 1937, and died at age 76 at his home in Los Angeles, July 11th, 2014. He was married um, twice. Uh, his first wife, um, they divorced, but he married, uh, when he remarried, he married a girl from Vancouver, and uh, she became Mrs. Charlie Hayden. Charlie had four children. They're all musicians, um, and um, he was very, very devoted family man and very, very much into uh, into politics as well. Charlie was had some very, very strong uh, political opinions, and uh, I guess one could consider Charlie Hayden um, pretty far on the uh, left side of politics, and uh, he embraced a lot of wonderful things. Charlie Hayden, of course, had his bout with uh, drug addiction. That's why he had to leave Ornette Coleman's band, and he returned and... Um, entered into a rehab situation at Synanon House uh, uh, in Santa Monica and then eventually in San Francisco. This is where I met uh, Charlie because he was, uh, by the time he moved to San Francisco, um, they were allowing him out to play gigs and, and this sort of thing. And Charlie was playing with a very good friend of mine by the name of John Handy. And he was in Handy's... Uh, um, one of his early working bands in San Francisco, and then Charlie um, moved on and started working with pianist Denny Zeitlin, and uh, eventually was able to leave uh, the rehab center uh, because he was strong enough and, and carried on. And of course, he never resumed uh, the drug lifestyle that he had involved himself in. And uh, Charlie went on from there, played with everybody. Uh, I can n name you dozens of musicians that, uh, that Charlie worked with. One of his most important associations, and this is the next step in Charlie Hayden's career, uh, which happened in the um, 70s, was his association with pianist Keith Jarrett. And at the time, Jarrett had two bands. Jarrett was doing, of course, solo concerts, uh, which are legendary, uh, but he also had two bands. He had a European quartet uh, comprised uh, of um, tenor saxophone or soprano saxophone, tenor saxophone, Jan Garbarek, and uh, a European bassist and, and, uh, and drummer. But Char or, uh, Jarrett also had an American jazz quartet, which consisted of a, uh, an old and dear friend of mine, who played the tenor saxophone, I still think he's one of the greatest. Dewey Redman, Dewey Redman, the late Dewey Redman. Charlie Hayden was the bassist, and Paul Motion was the drummer. And, of course, the one and only Keith Jarrett on piano. So we're going to hear a few tunes 
continuing our tribute to Charlie Hayden, we're going to hear a few tunes by the American Jazz Quartet. And um, with, uh, as I said, Dewey Redman on tenor saxophone, Charlie Hayden on bass, Paul Motion on drums, and Keith Jarrett on piano. This is a composition by Paul Motion. It's called By a Blue. Then we're going to hear one of Charlie Hayden's most beautiful compositions. It's called Silence. And uh, maybe one more after that. This is the American, the Keith Jarrett American uh, Quartet.
three compositions by the very adventurous American jazz quartet led by pianist Keith Jarrett. And this was the band that he had together, or one of the bands he had together in the uh, in the 70s. And uh, they, could, uh, they could take it right out there, but they could uh, also get into uh, some really hard swinging, as they did on that last tune. And uh, really um, very part of force. Keith Jarrett on piano with the great Dewey Redman on tenor saxophone, Paul Motion on drums, and of course Charlie Hayden on bass, the gentleman we're paying tribute to. We had three tunes uh, from this uh, album called Silence, and the first one was a Paul Motion composition called Bio Blue, and uh, that was kind of an abstract, moody um, sort of piece, and then we moved into Charlie Hayden's uh, beautiful composition called Silence. And the final tune was written by Dewey Redman, and it was called Mickey Mickey. And uh, that was it. Three uh, tunes by this uh, incredible band. We're going to close our tribute to uh, Keith Jarrett. Um, I mean, to <laughs> not to Keith Jarrett, although he's very prominent on here. Uh, Charlie Hayden, of course, the uh, the bassist. Uh, we have just a couple of things to uh, deliver, and we're going to do that in a moment. I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to the Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer www.citr.ca. And um, right after these messages, we're going to feature uh, two tracks, beautiful tracks from an album called Jasmine. And uh, it features um, Keith Jarrett once again on piano and Charlie Hayden on bass, just the two of them recorded at Jarrett's home studio. And uh, they hadn't seen each other uh, or played together or even had contact with one another because the American Jazz Quartet, the group you just heard, uh, had broken up. And, of course, they went their separate ways. And uh, this album called Jasmine and another album, which has just come out called Last Dance, um, was one of the, uh, was their reunion. And uh, they embraced one another and played some beautiful music. We're going to hear a couple of tunes from that uh, to close our tribute to uh, the, the great Charlie Hayden. But first of all, a couple of messages, including this one. Oh, by the way, you are listening to The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker. Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news, as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca.
we got lots of summertime here, don't we? And uh, <laughs> the inevitable is happening. People are starting to complain about the heat. Uh, you know, it's not going to last long. Uh, so just enjoy it. Just just adapt. Um, I think a lot of people are enjoying this this weather too. But uh, yeah, the complaints are out, and uh, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, stuff on the media. You know, uh, air quality and and uh, what to do in the heat and uh, all this kind of stuff. And uh, of course, the uh, UV rays are are a concern, of course. But uh, you know. Just get out and enjoy it because it doesn't last long here in Vancouver. This kind of weather and the nights are so beautiful and warm. Anyway, um, with that in mind, end end of lecture. Uh, Basically, you do what you want in the weather and uh, it's really going to be great for the week. Um, It's clear tonight, of course, with a low of 16. Tomorrow, uh, sunny all day with a high UV rate of 8, which is very high. Uh, lows of 16, highs between 26 and 30. Then Wednesday, same, sunny, a low of 16, highs between 25 and 28. And then a slight cool down on Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 17, highs of 23. Basically the same for Friday and basically the same for Saturday and basically the same for Sunday. So starting Thursday is kind of the end of the, the, the real heat wave, but the, the temperatures are still going to be nice and maybe a little more easy for people to adapt to. So there you go. Um, great weather. Really enjoy it while you can because it is short-lived. And, uh, uh, you know, we live in Vancouver. Our weather isn't really all that uh, upsetting. But uh, summer is... Uh, too short. Yeah. A billion dollars on the ground, all stretched out and uncurled, would extend about four times around the circumference of the world. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the West End at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, Baru Latino Restaurante, The Bike Kitchen, Cove, Dentry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight, The Eatery, Fresh is Best Salsa, Gargoyles, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or online at citr.ca. Our final tribute to uh, Keith, or uh, I keep saying Keith Jarrett. Well, he is involved very much on these two pieces, but it's really the tribute is to the late, great Charlie Hayden. And um, this was recorded at uh, Jarrett's uh, home studio, Uh, and it just features the two of them. It's a very sort of musically intimate setting. And uh, these two old friends and uh, former compatriots um, were going to listen to two standard tunes. Uh, The first one is a great old tune called No Moon at All. And it was written back in the 30s. It was a pop tune. And the final tune is uh, a standard tune as well. As a matter of fact, Benny Goodman used this song as his closing theme. But it's a a beautiful tune which has been done many times. And um, I think it's appropriate. Uh, The title... It's called simply Goodbye. Keith Jarrett and Charlie Hayden. Goodbye. 
And with the playing of that uh, beautiful melody written by Gordon Jenkins called Goodbye, uh, we end our tribute this evening to the great bassist Charlie Hayden. Those two tunes that we heard, the first one was called No Moon at All, and of course the second one, as I said, was Goodbye. Charlie Hayden on bass and Keith Jarrett on piano. Uh, reunited after about 30 years of uh, not seeing one another. All this was recorded uh, on um, two albums. The first one was called Jasmine, um, and the second one was called Last Dance, both issued on uh, ECM Records, and recorded at uh, Jarrett's home studio, where the two of them uh, got together after not seeing each other and uh, playing some very beautiful and very intimate music. So our tribute this evening, final tribute this evening to bassist Charlie Hayden. He'll be missed greatly. He was uh, a musician that um, played all styles of music and a wonderful bass player and a great human being as well. Charlie Hayden and passed away at uh, age 76 after a a long illness in his home in Los Angeles. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We're going to uh, get into, before we get into our jazz feature, we're going to let you listen to some blues, some jazz blues recorded uh, on location, uh, actually at uh, Los Angeles Philharmonic Hall, October 25th, 1957, part of the Jazz at the Philharmonic uh, of course, the present, this was the last tour of um, the American version of Jazz at the Philharmonic, and uh, this was all um, put together by the great impresario Norman Grants. And we're going to hear four of uh, the most amazing saxophone players uh, on here. We um, open with Arthur Peterson playing the piano, then he's followed by Ray Brown on bass. And he's joined by Herb Ellis on guitar. And then Joe Jones, Papa Joe Jones, slips in on drums. And for the first tenor saxophone solo, the beautiful and mournful sounding Lester Young, the president. And he's followed by the little more upbeat Flip Phillips. And then Sonny Stitt comes in um, with a slight contrast on alto saxophone. Uh, my favorite stit instrument. And the set closer is the always exciting and outgoing master of the tenor saxophone, Illinois Jaquette. So here's some slow blues for you.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight it's Jazz of the Philharmonic Night in Los Angeles. I'd like to introduce the musicians who've just played the slow blues for you in the order of their appearance. First was Oscar Peterson. Following him was Ray Brown on bass. And we had Herb Ellis on guitar. And completing the rhythm section was Joe Jones, our drummer. On the saxophones, the leadoff man was the president, Lester Young. Take a bow again, Lester. He didn't catch you. After him was Flip Phillips. The saxophone was Sonny Stitt. And wrapping it up was Illinois Jacket. Well, you heard uh, the late, great impresario Norman Grants introduce everybody, so I don't have to do it. Uh, and you just heard, of course, what they used to call the slow blues. And that usually was the first tune of any jazz at the Philharmonic concert, just to get the crowd into it, get the musicians uh, playing. There's nothing like just playing a slow blues. And uh, it's, it's almost a lost art today um, among jazz musicians to sort of just get there and, and do that, um, of course. And all these guys sounded so beautiful. Some of the greatest players in the history of the music, right there. Recorded at the uh, Philharmonic Hall in October of 1957, the last American Jazz at the Philharmonic tour uh, before Norman Grants took uh, lock, stock, and barrel and moved to Europe for several years. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show. Our jazz feature is coming right up. Just like to mention just a couple of websites. First of all, the website of the Redoubtable Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, the people that bring you the Big Jazz Festival. Very comprehensive website, of course, and one worthwhile uh, uh, of your time, and it's coastaljazz.ca. And of course, another website that is definitely worthwhile of your time as well. It has all kinds of interesting links and uh, very informative. And more and more people are, are joining uh, the website run by Brian Nation. It's vancouverjazz.com. And uh, it, that covers the gigs and biographies of musicians and opinions and all kinds of things. You can see all the links on there. It's, it, it's very comprehensive. And one final thing, my good friend Ken Speller, who repairs musical instruments. He's out there. Um, he lives at uh, 13th and Lonsdale. And the reason I say that is that he works from home. He's got his own repair shop. And he is an expert at uh, fixing up and overhauling and uh, taking out uh, repadding and doing whatever has to be done on wind instruments, specifically saxophones, flutes, clarinets, uh, etc. 
um, Ken is a, an expert. Uh, that he's also a very fine musician himself. He can be contacted at uh, his uh, home at 778-800-1933. 778-800-1933 is a good man to know. Uh, just like your mechanic who fixes your car and keeps it in shape. Um, if you're a, a musician, whether you're a professional, amateur, or student, or a beginner, your instrument has to be in good shape. And uh, so that you can play at the level you've achieved. And it's very important, especially wind instruments, because it doesn't take them much to knock them out of commission. One pad and your instrument uh, out of place and your instrument is unplayable. Or, or you start squeaking all over the place. <laughs> uh, we reed players know about that. Sometimes uh, even the greatest reed players do that. Anyhow, that's uh, Mr. Ken Speller, and of course he can be found at K Speller, K S P E L L E R underscore at Yahoo dot C A. And as I said, you can also catch him uh, on his uh, via the telephone seven seven eight eight hundred nineteen thirty three. Good man to know. All right, our jazz feature tonight is the music of the Stan Canton Orchestra. And this is one of the finest editions of the Canton Band, and he had many, many editions. Canton, of course, was so open to uh, uh, adventurous music. Um, he, he had a dance band book, of course, um, playing simple straight-ahead um, arrangements, but he his real desire and and what he did was was have a concert orchestra and uh, that's where Kenton really shone and and he brought in all kinds of very very interesting composers and arrangers and gave them carte blanche and said you know you write for my band you know what it is they're all great musicians they can read anything they can play anything they can solo and um, so he attracted uh, so many adventurous uh, writers and so on. And, and Kenton's music goes from like the furthest out uh, to the most kind of straight-ahead music. This particular album is straight down the middle. It swings. It shows Kenton's band was never known uh, like Ellington's band or Basie's band or even Woody Herman's band as a swinging band. But this edition was, considering some of the people in it and just uh, where they were at the time of this recording. And, and this has turned out to be one of, one of the um, first-picked uh, Stan Kenton recordings. Uh, the personnel in the band, uh, we have five trumpets. Um, Kenton's band was always very brassy, and uh, it's led by the great El Porcino, Ed Levy, soloist was Sam Noto, who lives in Toronto to this day, Stu Williamson, also another soloist, and Bob Clark on trumpets. And then we had four trombones, Bob Fitzpatrick, Carl Fontana, soloist, Gus Chappell, and the other soloist, Kent Larson plus Don Kelly on bass trombone. So that's a whole bunch of brass. Uh, the saxophones, Lenny Niehaus on lead alto saxophone, Charlie Mariano, one of the greatest on solo alto saxophone, two tenors, Bill Perkins and David Van Kreit, and on baritone saxophone, Don Davidson. Mr. Kenton himself, the maestro on piano, 
Ralph Blaze on guitar. This is a great name for you. Max Bennett, one of the most swinging bass players, ended up playing years later with Frank Zappa. He's on some very important Zappa recordings. Max Bennett on bass and the great Mel Lewis on drums. So with Max Bennett, Ralph Blaze, and Mel Lewis on drums, you had a swinging rhythm section. The music here, the seven pieces of music, um, they're all standards, but they're arranged by the great Bill Holman, uh, who virtually reorchestrates all of these pieces. And uh, it's a most interesting album. It's uh, lovely to hear. And Holman uh, did the first six of these of the seven tunes, and the final tune is an arrangement and composition by the great Jerry Morgan. And um, that's also based on a standard because it's based on I Got Rhythm. But the other tunes are all, all standard tunes. And we open with one of my favorites, What's New, written by Bob Haggard. And you, you're going to hear Bill Perkins, solo on tenor saxophone, Sam Noto on trumpet, Lenny Niehaus on alto saxophone, and Kent Larson on trombone. Then, Charlie Mariano, his specialty is a tune that most jazz musicians know and love called Stella by Starlight, featuring Charlie Mariano. Then another great standard written by Cole Porter, I've Got You Under My Skin, featuring Stu Williamson on trumpet, David Van Crite on tenor saxophone, Mariano once again on alto saxophone, and the fiery Sam Noto on trumpet. Then a feature for the lead alto saxophonist, the virtuoso player, Lenny Niehaus, and they're going to do Ray Noble's Cherokee. Then a great tune that was written by Benny Goodman and Edgar Sampson called Stompin' at the Savoy. And that features Max Bennett, the bassist, and Ralph Blaze, the guitarist. And solos by Stu Williamson on trumpet, Bill Perkins on tenor saxophone. Then a feature for Bill, Bill Perkins that is, and that's the very beautiful version of Jerome Kern's Yesterdays. And the final tune is Jerry Mulligan's great up-tempo tune featuring Carl Montana on trombone and Mel Lewis on drums and Jerry Mulligan's Limelight. So here then, in its entirety, one of the most favorite Stan Kenton albums and one of the most accessible, too. This one is called Contemporary Concepts. Stan Kenton.
Fitzgerald's feature this evening, the music of Stan Kenton and his orchestra, and it is an orchestra, <laughs> big time. The great Stan Kenton and uh, this marvelous uh, machine that was his uh, orchestra was the subject of our jazz feature this evening, and we heard seven tunes played by this uh, big band. I'll just give you the names of the people in the rhythm section because it was one of the most swinging editions of the Canton Orchestra. Uh, we heard the maestro, of course, on piano, Ralph Blaze on guitar, Max Bennett on bass, and Mel Lewis on drums. And, of course, uh, the tunes. Uh, we opened with What's New, uh, solos by Bill Perkins uh, on tenor saxophone, Sam Noto on trumpet, Lenny Niehaus on alto saxophone, and Kent Larson on trombone. Then a feature for Charlie Mariano in tune number two, uh, the beautiful ballad Stella by Starlight. Then a tune that, um, written by Cole Porter called I've Got You Under My Skin, and that opened with a baritone saxophone solo. Uh, that wasn't credited, but it was Mr. Don Davidson playing the um, great uh, the Barry solo on that. Um, and, of course, the other soloists, uh, Stu Williamson on trumpet, David Van Crite on tenor saxophone, Charlie Mariano on alto, and uh, Sam Noto on trumpet. Then we heard a feature for lead altoist Lenny Niehaus, and that was a tune called... Cherokee, written by Ray Noble. And, of course, it's a jazz standard. And Lenny made the most of it. Um, following that was uh, the great arrangement, one of the best arrangements um, of a tune called Stompin' at the Savoy. And that featured Max Bennett on bass, Ralph Blaze on guitar, uh, Stu Williamson on trumpet, and Bill Perkins on tenor saxophone. And finally, the gorgeous ballad, Yesterday's, written by Jerome Kern and featuring Bill Perkins on tenor saxophone. Those six tunes were arranged and reconstructed by the great Bill Holman. And the final tune, the last one we heard, um, more or less based on uh, I Got Rhythm, was a tune written by Jerry Mulligan. And that was his arrangement for the Canton Band of uh, his own composition called Limelight. And uh, that featured uh, Carl Fontana on trombone and uh, also Mel Lewis, of course, on drums. So there you have it. The Stan Canton Orchestra from one of his most favorite albums of Canton fans and even of non-fans of Stan Kenton. <laughs> An album called Contemporary Concepts. So um, we hope you enjoyed that. A big band uh, for our jazz feature. Uh, we're going to close um, the evening with a great uh, tune that was written by Ralph Towner. And it's called Ecotopia. And it is... Um, from the album of the same name, and the band is the band called Oregon, which features uh, the late, um, no, <laughs> everybody's still alive, <laughs> sorry, um, their original drummer passed away, and he was replaced by the great Trelock Gortu, and uh, we hear uh, Paul McCandless on English horn and oboe, 
uh, well, on soprano saxophone as well, Glenn Moore on string bass, and Ralph Towner on 12-string guitar and synthesizer on this tune. And it's a great piece of music um, actually written by Ralph Towner. It's the title track from this uh, ECM album. And I've always liked this tune. It's kind of an upbeat thing. It's called Ecotopia. So I hope you enjoy it.
That's a piece of music called Ecotopia, and that was played by a great uh, band, cooperative band, called Oregon, from uh, an album they, they did a number of years ago for ECM Records, and that featured um, Paul Candless actually on soprano saxophone. He plays a whole bunch of instruments uh, on this album, but uh, he was featured on soprano on this one. Uh, Glenn Moore on bass, Ralph Towner on... Uh, um, synthesizer and doing some 12 string guitar work in there as well, kind of hidden. Uh, Tree Lock Go on percussion, tabla, and various percussion instruments. And the title track, a Ralph Towner composition called Ecotopia, and from the album of the same name. Great band, Oregon. And uh, we are about to uh, wrap up the jazz show this evening and give you a little taste of our theme. And, of course, um, don't touch the dial because a uh, brand-new program, is uh, uh, second edition, is, uh, is coming up right after uh, we take off for another week. Our jazz feature next week is uh, going to be one of McCoy Tyner's finest albums called Expansions. And that's a great album with uh, trumpeter Woody Shaw, uh, alto saxophonist Gary Bartz, and tenor saxophonist Wayne Shorter among other people, and it's one of McCoy Tyner's masterful albums and masterpieces as well. It's an album called Expansions, and uh, that's going to be our feature next week. So, um, do join us. Uh, I just want to tell you that uh, you have been listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Markle. We'll see you in seven days' time. So take care and enjoy the weather. Bye-bye. Oh,